Anne and I once visited, uh, we once watched a PBS special on Franklin Delano Roosevelt, FDR, had a tradition of attending church. And when he was president, he normally attended the Episcopal Church on 16th Street Northwest in Washington. And of course, the crowds would come to see him. And the rector got a call one day to say, do you think the president will be in church tomorrow? And the rector thoughtfully said, this I cannot promise, but I can promise that God will be there. And this should be an incentive for a rather large audience. Jesus is in attendance this morning. He is in our midst. And even in the midst of those who are watching this live or later, this morning's gospel lesson shares a promise that wherever two or three come together in his name, there Jesus is in our midst. The purpose of that promise, though, is not to make us feel better when only two people show up for Bible study. But you don't get to verse 20 without verses 15 to 19. And those verses give directions and instructions on what to do if two or three don't have a midst because they've been split apart. Paul gives steps to walk through so that when conflicts arise, rather than be split apart, two or three people can be gathered together in Jesus' name and experience his presence in their midst. Now, conflicts exist. They exist in business, in schools, in city councils, certainly between governments, but maybe even in governments, between nations, between ethnicities, in churches, and in families. Conflicts even exist in back seats. Mommy, he's looking at me. So as I was searching for graphics uh, on midst, I discovered a lot of them talked about being in the midst of hardship, something that involved in the midst of storms, uh, in the midst of struggles, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of trials. I tried to find one for joy. And it was joy in suffering. But I did find one for peace in the midst of conflict. Churches may be exempt from taxes so far, but for the church, there's no conflict exemption form. Wherever two or three people gather together, there is potential for conflict to surface. There will always be differences of opinion and how and who, who does what. There will always be disappointments between preachers and church members and even sessions, spoiler alert for those of you getting elected today. There will be hurt feelings, there will be bent pride, there will be mistakes and even sins. Sometimes Christians disagree in the same congregation of believers. Thankfully, we did survive the red versus blue carpet in the sanctuary conflict of 1989. You remember that. But what Jesus puts before us today is the idea that Christians can resolve these conflicts as no other fellowship can. 
These verses remind us that within the Christian fellowship, conflicts will arise, and when, not if, when they do, Jesus gives instructions and wants us to read them. Read the instructions. Why? Because what we do on earth has eternal consequences. Whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We're not just playing church. What we do matters. So what are the steps? If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens, you have gained your brother. Step one is actually go to the brother and explain how you've been wronged and why. Jesus prescribes going to the person and addressing the issue in person rather than hoping it will go away. Jesus prescribes going to the person who hurt you rather than going to someone else to complain about the person that hurt you. And if that does not restore your relationship, move to step two. Take one or two others with you so that what can be said is confirmed by two or three witnesses. And if that does not restore the relationship, tell it to the church. And if that doesn't restore the relationship, then it must be, the relationship must be severed for the good of the community. Worships must be addressed. Um, wrongs must be addressed. The reason Jesus gives these steps is so the community can be maintained. We have a responsibility to nurture and serve and protect the community of faith. If someone is acting in a way that threatens the health and vitality and survival of that community, we as members have a responsibility to try and help that person that is acting in a threatening manner, even if it means removing that member in hopes that it will serve notice of the consequences of their actions and move them to change so they can be restored to fellowship. When my drain is clogged, I do more than wait for it to go away. I either try to unclog it myself or call someone who can. Clogs must be addressed. This week we had a leak in my former office where Jack's Kelly now offices, the room with five doors, and the carpet got soaked. But we didn't let that go. Joanne addressed the issue. And I think the fans are still blowing. But sometimes we find ourselves bound up in sin bound to things that hurt us or divide us, that cause us to mistrust one another and even harm one another. Jesus expects us to do something about it. He gives specific steps to take to free us from our bondage that separates us from one another. Jesus prescribes these steps so that the conflict can be removed, whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven so that those can come together and be bound together in love whatever we bind together on earth is bound in heaven with Jesus in our midst yes you can worship God on a mountainside by yourself you can find God walking along a beach but there are millions of people who have climbed tall mountains and walked miles on beaches who have not given a thought to God Of course, you can read the word and sing the hymns and pray eloquent prayers and listen to a television preacher at home. But it's harder to have a midst between yourself and a screen. But it can be done. Other than those of you people here this morning, all of you watching this are watching a preacher from somewhere else. 
the hymns, the prayers, the reading of the word, the participation in sacraments of baptism and Holy Communion bind us together in love. Witnessing new members standing and having the whole congregation joining in reaffirming the vows they took when they joined binds us together in love. Electing a new slate of elders and trustees binds us together in love. Whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Now when it comes to growing as followers of Jesus, we are better off when we live out the words that strike fear in the hearts of a Christmas morning dad watching his child open his present that says some assembly is required. Some assembly is required. Jesus is calling us to come together to be a caring community. He's calling us to reach out arms of sympathy and support those in distress. Calling us to celebrate those experiencing joy. The joy of joining our fellowship. To rejoice with those who rejoice. And to weep with those who weep. We all have the same needs for food and water and shelter. We all have the same needs for companionship and friendship. We have the same needs to love and to be loved in return. The same need for dignity and purpose. But most importantly, we have the same Savior, Jesus, who is in our midst and tells us what to do when we are separated, whether it's by conflict or floods or pandemics or politics. We can come together in Christ. We have a common Savior who is the tie that binds us together in love. And in honor of that tie, I wore a tie. It's a St. Andrew's tie given with the St. Andrew's cross given to me by my friend Ben Ward in 1989. And it's almost stylish again. In his book, Restoration, Confronting the Brother, Bob Tasler writes, when you and I come to the end of our days, just remember this. God won't ask what kind of car we drove, but he will ask how we help people get to where they needed to go. He won't know how to ask how big, big our house was, but he will ask how many people we welcomed into our home. God won't ask what neighborhood we lived in, but he will ask how we treated our neighbors. He won't ask how many fences we made, but he will ask how many bridges we built. Having given instructions as to what to do when Christians are divided, Jesus shifts to talk about what can happen when what is separates us brings us together in God's name. When two or three gather together and Jesus is in their midst, Jesus will answer what we ask. And very well may use us to work together to be the answer to what we ask. I want to close with a series of statements which I would like you to respond with the words, Jesus in our midst. When we come together to pray, there is Jesus in our midst. When we come together in need, there is Jesus in our midst. When we come together in pain, there is Jesus in our midst. When we come together in joy, there is Jesus in our midst. 
When we people come together to help others, there is Jesus in our midst. When we come together to reach out to strangers, there is Jesus in our midst. When we come together to worship, after a devastating event in our own lives, there is Jesus in our midst. When we cry out in solidarity with people who are oppressed, there is Jesus in our midst. When we visit those who have lost ones, there is loved ones, there is Jesus in our midst. <laughs> when we gather for a first Friday fellowship on the second Friday under the volcano, there is Jesus in our midst. When seven brothers and sisters stand before us to declare their faith, and give us the opportunity to reaffirm our faith. There is Jesus in our midst. And when we gather in separate rooms, joined by Facebook or YouTube or an email with a link later, even there is Jesus in our midst. And when we gather in this room to celebrate communion like we did last Sunday, we share with followers of Jesus down through the centuries. There is Jesus in our let us pray. Lord, you know us completely. You know that when we hurt, we want to hurt in return. You know how difficult it is for us to hold back our reaction when we believe we have been treated poorly. Yet you challenge us to think before we react. For every instance of hurt can become an opportunity for healing and renewal. Your love makes this possible. Lance the boils of resistance in our hearts and begin the process of healing deep within us. Remind us that there is strength in forgiveness. Teach us to put forgiveness into practice. Help us to stop and pray and think before we react on our hurts. Thank you that you call us together so we will have a midst for you to be in. And that in your name our prayers are answered. Thank you for the gift of each other. For our common bond that ties us and binds us together in Christian love. And the people said, Amen. We will now 